This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. This morning we're going to talk about something uh, that's really preposterous, uh, something that's more uh, absurd than uh, Mizzou and Auburn winding up in the SEC championship game. We're talking about something that uh, is really unfathomable that God would condescend and become a vulnerable baby. I hope that uh, no matter how strong of a believer you are, how long you've walked with Christ, or how strong you are in the faith, that doesn't get lost on you. It's It's the most preposterous thing in the world to think. That God, the creator, became human and lived among us and experienced what it's like to be us. And yet the scriptures, this book uh, tells us, this book of books, prophets and teachers, writers over the centuries tell us it's true. Isaiah talking about the suffering servant that was to come. Jeremiah, the root of Jesse. Zechariah, this king who's going to ride on a donkey. Do you ever notice how many of those Old Testament people, if you, if you had a name that ended with Ayah, it helped qualify you as a prophet? You know what I'm saying? I thought it was funny anyway. And, <laughs> um, and in the New Testament, you got more basic names, like Matthew or Matt and Mark and Luke and John and Paul and Pete, Peter. You got... All of them writing, talking about this coming Messiah, Savior, eternal God, come in human flesh. Before it happened and while it was happening and after it happened, it really centers on this. And so today, uh, we're going to launch this new series we're calling God is Moving In. God has moved into the neighborhood. God is in this world and present in this world and he's intricately involved in this world and he was incarnate in many ways before Jesus Christ was the incarnate Son of God in human flesh. And he continues to be intricately involved in our lives if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. And So today we're launching this series and we're going to be looking at the Gospel of John. Now, there's four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all have different angles and perspectives, but they're all writing about this same primary event that Jesus Christ has come into the world. And John says it a little bit differently than the others. And so, rather than go really broad this Christmas, we want to go deeper and we want to look at these words, these first 18 verses over four weeks. And today, we look at the first eight. And this is how John gets it started by, he says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He created everything. God created everything through Him. And nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. 
quick summarization of what John is telling us. He's telling us that the word exists before the world. The word, Jesus Christ, pre-existed with God. The word created the world and everything in it. The word did not only create life, but he is the source of life. And that life shines on everyone that comes into the world. God is here. God is light. God is among us. God is in us. God is through us. And the word is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he's telling us that this light is really in everyone's life. That the creator actually becomes a part of the creation. You know, there's all kinds of different theories about how this world got created. And I think it's kind of humorous sometimes how people bump heads and get all hot and heavy about this stuff. And how that there's the old earth theory and the young earth theory. And there's agnostic uh, existentialists. There's uh, theistic evolutionists and those who are agnostic theists. And all different points of view about the creation and how it came to being. And the Bible really isn't interested and how it happened. But the scripture is consistent in saying that God did it. God created it. God was behind it. I love the words of the agnostic professor who says the chances that life just occurred on earth are about as unlikely as a typhoon blowing through a junkyard and constructing a Boeing 747. And the message that, I, that, that we really need in today's world is that we need people who are pursuing knowledge and intellect coupled with a real sense of devotion and adoration for God because faith really needs science and science really needs faith. George Washington Carver grew up... Uh, in, he was born, at least, in Diamond, Missouri. He became a homeless uh, child, person. He was an African-American that grew up early in life. Uh, grew up awful fast in life. He became uh, a great scientist, a great professor. And I love the story of George Washington Carver when he went out one evening and saw the stars and the brilliance of the heavens. And he cried out, uh, this great learned man, with a sense of devotion to God. He was worshiping God in the way that Adam was calling us to worship God this morning. And Carver said, tell me how you made the universe, God. And God says, I can't tell you. You wouldn't understand. It would take too long. And then Carver said, well, then tell me how you made me. And God said, I can't tell you. You wouldn't understand it. It would take too long. And then Carver held up this peanut, although they didn't call it a peanut in those days because they didn't have a name for it. But he held up what we call a peanut today. And he said, God, could you tell me how you made this? And for the next 36 to 48 hours, Carver went into his laboratory without sleep and created all and, and came to understand all the different ways in which the peanut could benefit humankind and which led to 300 different patents of the peanut. Because here was a man 
who was intelligent, brilliant, learned scientist who had a heart for God. And when you put those two together, it's amazing things that happen. Now, what if you and I live this way? No matter who we are, what we do for a living, what if you and I had a sense of discovery about us, had a sense of boldness about us, had a sense of adoration for God? What if we really believe that Jesus Christ is the creator and he lives in this earth and he's incarnate in our world and that the image of God is stamped on every human being and Jesus is always showing up in people's lives in those pivotal circumstances, in those providential relationships that we have? What if we were just always looking out for him? What if you and I got up in the morning believing that he goes before us? What if we began to pray, Lord, show me what you're up to today. Let me be a part of it. What if we began to live in that kind of anticipation in our world today? Well, uh, I believe that's really the calling that we have. If you're a believer today, if you're someone that naturally has come to faith, uh, you probably had a John the Baptist in your life. And those are the next verses of Scripture I want us to look at, where the Scripture says that God sent John the Baptist, sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell everyone about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. God is calling you and I to be uh, that kind of a, a person <clears throat> in someone else's life. <clears throat> to recognize the times and places where God is going before us and to point to Jesus and to live out that drama every day. In our food pantry ministry, we're not there just to distribute food. We're there to treat people with a sense of dignity. We're offering them a sense of hospitality in the way that Christ offers us hospitality. And after people receive food, <clears throat> they're also invited, would you like to receive prayer? A couple of weeks ago, we had a couple that came into the food pantry and they were a part of the Hollister flood in August where they lost everything. And they moved into a home in Republic. And as they were praying with Diane Joy, Diane Joy is one of our prayers. They don't pray the way you and I usually pray or the way sometimes I pray. I'm not going to put this on you. <laughs> but sometimes I've noticed in my praying, I'm not really very specific. I don't really mean what I pray. I think God sometimes listens to me and says, Bob, are you really with me here? But these people were desperate enough where, you know, if you're desperate enough, you really are specific. And they were praying with Diane, Lord, help us. We need everything. We need a lot of things. We need furniture. And specifically, Lord, could you, could you give us a couch? Well, Diane, uh, after that prayer request, she, she left a note on Ed Hewlett's desk. Ed Hewlett is the conduit of information around Schweitzer in terms of things like this. And 
And Bruce Cobb is working in the food pantry at the same time, and he doesn't know anything about this praying going on. And, and just as that praying is going on, Claire Cobb gets this idea. She's going to call Bruce up. She calls Bruce up, and she says, Bruce, that's her husband, by the way. She says, Bruce, I bought this new couch and love seat. I want you to get rid of our furniture, our old furniture. And Bruce then just gets off the phone, and he calls Ed, and he says, Ed, by the way, I got some furniture if anybody needs any furniture. And Ed said, well, you know, you can't believe this, but just two minutes ago, I got this note that some couple really needs a couch. And so at the end of the week, you know, Bruce is going over to Republic, delivering the love seat and the couch to this couple. And things like this happen more than you might think. And the point I'm trying to make is not pray and in two minutes you're always going to get what you ask for. But the point I'm making is this. God is real. God is as real as you want him to be. The Holy Spirit is very much active. And the Holy Spirit knows how to pray better than we know how to pray. And if you and I begin to say, at the beginning of our everyday, Lord, show me what you're up to today. <laughs> Help me to recognize you when you're here, when you're present. God shows up in more physical, tangible, practical ways than we can begin to think or imagine. And that's part of what it means to believe in the incarnation, that God really has moved into the neighborhood. And you know, we've got problems, and this world's got problems, but it's not up to us to fix it. In fact, you and I worrying about our problems separates us from God. But it's when we begin to pray and open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits and get real with God, God becomes amazingly real with us. A couple of weeks ago, there was a member of our membership class she was considering becoming a member of the church, and she asked me the question, Pastor, does your church practice foot washing? I said, no, we don't. We have washed feet here. We do that occasionally. Um, actually, in some ceremonies, a, a few years ago, we did that once, but we don't really practice that as a ritual or a ceremony or ordinance like some faith communities do. And she said, Pastor, I believe your people do wash feet. I believe they're washing feet every day in the way that they love people and care about people and reach out to people. I believe your congregation is washing feet. And I think she was right. The one hope that we have in this world is the most preposterous thing of all. That God would condescend and become a baby. That he would grow up and he would live this life and he would die this death, this awful death on the cross and be raised again from the dead. That you and I might live in light and have life. And that the darkness of our world and the darkness of our hearts can extinguish it, can overcome it. That's the hope that we have. He goes before you today. He goes before your problems and your issues and whatever is on your mind right now. And if you and I will open up our hearts and our spirits 
He will show up. Sometimes in ways that we ask, some ways that we can't begin to think or imagine. Because he really is the light of the world that's come in the form of a baby. And that baby grew up and he gave his life for us. And on the night that uh, Jesus gave himself up for us, um, he took something that was very physical and tangible again. He took bread and he broke it and, and gave it away to his disciples and his followers. And he said, take and eat this. This is in remembrance of me. And after supper, after the, the sharing in the, in the bread, he took the cup. He said, this is the blood of the New Testament, of, of my promise for the remission and the removal of sins. As often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. You know, we believe in the bread of the presence. We, we believe that Jesus Christ is present in this bread and in this cup, in a mystery, in a way that we cannot understand. We believe that as we come here for this meal today, that he's right here. He's among us. And as we receive this bread and we receive this cup today, as we open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits, Jesus Christ is born anew in us, in our lives, in our hearts. And that's the hope that we have. That's the most preposterous thing in the world that we could ever believe in. And we hope to God that, that you do. Let's pray together. Come Holy Spirit and be in our midst. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being present in these gifts of bread and wine. And may they be for us the body and blood of Christ. Help us to see you and hear you and to be in communion with you in these moments. Speak to us, Lord. Go before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.